was a pot Wait, Paul, edible. Can we do a um? Can we get like a jar started? That's like a Paul Venom jar, where uh, every time you say something mean, you have to put a dollar in the jar, and then once we get enough money for a pizza party, you have to buy me a pizza. <laughs> Wait, how is it a party if I don't get some pizza too? Because it's it's supposed to be punitive for you. No, we're not gonna do that. I think we should do it. I think. Uh, well, I think fans sound off in the comments. Let me know if you want Adrian to have a pizza party after being berated by Paul every episode. <laughs> hey guys, we don't we don't have uh despite the fact that we always mention our Patreon, we don't actually have one up yet. But if you guys want to Venmo us for a pizza as a as a thank you for everything we do for you releasing this podcast, feel free. Adrian hyphen Perez hyphen seven, Venmo me. And that is of course because of his uh, seven inch penis. So that's an easy way to remember. <laughs> All right, Paul, Adrian. take a dollar from the jar. <laughs> Wait, is seven a compliment or a diss? It's really right there at average. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fine. Okay. You're saying Adrian has a very normal penis, which is I think is different from what you've said in previous comments about my penis. <laughs> I, I never comment about its size, just that weird right angle turn it takes. <laughs> the weird loop-de-loop. -loop. Okay. So, dear urban, I've made that joke before. I said it was like a pig's tail. <laughs> it's just like a corkscrew shape. <laughs> it's like a fire. I hose. made that you joke gotta, to someone before. Wrap we it around for a while. <laughs> Hello and welcome, big fact freaks and no cap chaps, to another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with druggies and people still trying to learn how to do the duggy. I'm Adrian, as always, here with Paul. Big facts. No cap. Big facts. All right, Paul. Young Adrian, how's it been? Young Adrian, dude, I'm feeling older every day, man. I don't know if that's appropriate. Uh, my friend Esteban always calls his dog Young Baxter for some reason. <laughs> I really like it. <laughs> Young is a fun modifier to a name. Yeah, it's nice. Um, well, I know everyone knows my nicknames for Paul. Uh, my boy, my dude, Habibi. Um, all those good ones. <laughs> uh, mi, uh, mi bambino. All of those. Yeah, so uh, what's been going on, dude? What you been up to? What you been getting into? Um, I, I like actually... that you're repping your dad's company right now. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Let's not dox me or my dad, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not going to tell you what company it is. Let's just say that uh, if you're in the if you're in the mood for uh, fuck, I can't finish this bit. I can't think of something funny. <laughs> Let's just say that if you want to eat fresh, uh, <laughs> this place would be a good place to go to. Let's just say if you want the meat, you can go to where Adrian's dad works. The gay <laughs> brothel. <laughs> No one ever talks about the uh, homoeroticism of Arby's. <laughs> yeah, what is up with we want the meats or we have the <laughs> We have the meats, yeah, with like a 30-second like trap beat on. <laughs> oh, going back really quick to our uh, previous conversation. Um, so uh, whenever I used to go out in the morning to greet Tin uh, for morning coffee, he would always uh, call me baby, uh, which I think is a thing he picked up from me because I do that a lot because of certain podcasts that I listen to. So I started saying it to him, 
It took me a while to realize that he doesn't like us using the same nickname for each other. So he started calling me baby boy. And so I started calling him baby boy. And so then he started calling me baby girl. <laughs> and that's when I realized like, oh, he doesn't want us to use the same nickname for each other. So now whenever we greet each other in the morning, I, I call him baby boy and he calls me baby girl. <laughs> oh, I thought this was a perfect opportunity for you to up the ante and just keep seeing if he can figure out more and more nicknames. Yeah, I didn't want to like make him feel like I was putting him in a corner like that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I realized very quickly he was like, oh yeah, he doesn't like us having the same nickname for some reason. You make it sound so anal about nicknames. I'm sure it's just like a slight subconscious thing more than... Oh no, I think it's a concerted effort. You think he's like, uh, he has a girlfriend, right? I feel like you've mentioned that. You think he's like going to her every day. He's just like, oh my god, it's so hard to live with Adrian. Just like, I, I try to be cute. I try to give him these fun nicknames, and then he just mirrors it back at me. He never puts any effort into this. I just, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do anymore. I would describe the look on his face when I use the same nickname as him as visible distress. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adrian, so uh, you mind if we move into uh, some media roundups? I had uh, not that many things, but uh, a couple things I wanted to talk about. Yeah, sure. Um. First thing, Tim Heidecker's new special. It's up on YouTube. It's very good. It's very funny. Shout out to uh, Adam, our friend, mutual friend who recommended it to me. It's probably one of the highlights of stand-up I've seen in a long time. It's it's awesome. Oh, wow. yeah. Is it as absurdist as you'd expect it to be? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole thing is him playing a character of a kind of bad stand-up comedian. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> I like that. Oh. It's kind of like how uh, Rory Scovel named one of his specials, Rory Scovel tries stand-up for the first time. It was like his second or third special. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, oh, Popular Front, a podcast and YouTube really channel. Really quick, I that, that, sorry to interrupt, but that Rory Scovel special has one of my favorite jokes ever, which is, uh, gay conservatives, what do they know that we don't? <laughs> I think you might have mentioned that before. Um, yeah, I think I have. I love that joke. <laughs> Roy Scoville's pretty good, yeah. He, he's kind of funny looking. He is from South Carolina, from Greenville, and is actually conservative. I found that out recently. Oh, really? Yeah, but I, I don't know but, if he's a Trump he's supporter. Cool but, like, he's cool with gay people being conservative, but or he thinks it's funny when gay people are conservative, but he is conservative. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the thing. Is like, it, it, I feel like his onstage presence like gives a more left-leaning... Uh, presence than he actually uh, apparently has which yeah i don't know that threw me for a loop when i found that out mm. i mean i guess it makes sense somebody from uh greenville would be conservative conservative oh you know that new uh movie everybody's making fun of and insulting the uh hillbilly elegy movie no i have not heard about that i don't care to actually get into what the drama of it is and why everybody's upset conservatives are upset because they think liberals only don't like it because they hate rural people rural whatever there's some drama about it but it did make me look up uh stuff about appalachia and apparently greenville counts as part of appalachia appalachia i don't even know greenville and clemson both count as being part of appalachia so uh i guess i count as part of that that minority of what do you, what would you describe it as as disenfranchised Appalachian Appalachian peoples? Is this part of your uh, list of identities that you spout off now when you meet people? I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that into my identity, and if anybody claims I don't understand the white working class, I'm gonna be like, I've lived in Appalachia. I know about <laughs> I know about that place that I can't even pronounce correctly. And yeah, I'm gonna say really I love that whenever you're word. really confidently just like, uh, yeah, I li- I'm from Appala- Appalachia, Appalachia. <laughs> I'm a proud Appalachian. <laughs> exactly um <laughs> cool yeah please resume your uh media roundup that i so 
thoughtlessly interrupted. Popular Front podcast and YouTube channel released a documentary about plastic guns that I really enjoyed. Go watch it. The uh, guy making plastic guns is an absolute nut job, and he's it a is fucking lunatic. Fascinating to watch his ideology yeah. spouted at the camera, and then go read the comments because. You would think because the interviewer is basically saying like, oh boy, look at this guy. He's a fucking moron. You would think that the comments would be on the interviewer's side since they subscribe to that channel. But they're all like, what a, what a patriot. What a, what a true gun love and patriot who lives in the UK. That's my favorite thing is that he's in like Germany, right? Yeah. And they're like, he's more American than most Americans. Because he is really just talking about the First and Second Amendment, despite the fact that like there are countries in Europe that don't have an equivalent to the First Amendment, right? Yeah, I don't know. It's also funny to base your ideology off the intrinsic right to own something that didn't exist to like, I don't know when guns were invented, but like the 1400s. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, it's a, it's a basic human right. It's like those things weren't even invented till recent <laughs> human history. How could that be a basic <laughs> human right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's not like food or water or like the right to like hunt and eat it's not like a basic human necessity to have a gun i don't know how you could consider it i don't know a human right oh also looked it up um had had some people complain to me so looked it up fly in the ointment is a phrase we sure do look like two dummies adrian fly in the ointment a real phrase i'm gonna do that thing i always do where i say uh yeah sorry i was raised by two non-native speakers and i kind of like put it back on them <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> like, me too <laughs> In yeah. fact, anybody who questions us on anything is probably being racist. I just want to put that probably. out there. At least xenophobic. <laughs> the story I always tell about that is the fact that uh, when I first got my first car, my girlfriend's dad uh, asked me what type of car it was. And I literally did not have the words to describe. Like, I did not know the word sedan. <laughs> and that's when he finally said that. He's like, he's like a sedan, like a four-door or whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that is that is what it is. <laughs> like, I just had no words in my vocabulary to describe what type of car it was. I was like, it's not a truck. So it's the other one? Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> did you know Hatchback? No, I don't think I did. I didn't learn that until later on in life. Um, um, no, no, I feel the same way, especially like household things I didn't know for the longest time. Like the sure. word for grape alluded me to like middle school. What did you call them before? Anib. That's what I said too. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that and then a whole bunch of idioms that like I learned for the first time and had to have like a moment where someone explained it to me or a lot of times you can get it through context. Mm. The last thing I wanted to round up is the uh, puzzles I've been doing. So... Mm. I, uh, two puzzles across this week I worked on, uh, it's a, it's a cheap one that you can, I've got, I've been on record in this podcast before making fun of Star Wars, but you can go to Target and for $4 get a 500 piece Buffalo Star Wars, uh, puzzle, or they have 1000 piece ones for the same price. They're all different designs on all the uh, puzzles that Buffalo released on their Star Wars line at Target and they're all on sale for $5 or like $4.50 actually. And I did a Millennium Falcon one. Earlier, no, no, it's like a kind of shitty brand TBH. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I did a Millennium Falcon one. It was all right. A lot of the pieces were dark and looked samey, so it wasn't like super satisfying to work on. Uh, the final image looked pretty cool because it didn't have like any text on it or anything like that. It was just like a cool Millennium Falcon artwork. And then I there also a lot of, are there a lot of usually a lot of text heavy puzzles that you do? No, but things that are uh, things that are what do you call it like Star Wars branded usually are not like subtle. 
mm-hmm. pieces of media. I could imagine them like writing Star Wars in big letters over the picture or something. Oh yeah. Well, at least those pieces would be easy. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And then also the puzzle I would recommend if you want a good puzzle: uh, Ravensburger Dog Park five hundred piece jigsaw puzzle. Uh, also did that one. Was very fun. Super satisfying to do. A lot of bright colors to uh, separate the pieces and. Uh, pretty cool image of a bunch of dogs having fun at a park that sounds very relaxing uh let's see just got done with a conference for the entomological society of america and unlike last year i did not win an award so fuck that conference (laughs) we are officially boycotting esa now as a podcast um no i literally threw my presentation together last minute the fact that like it was well received at all was uh, a mystery to me. it was well received how do you know it was if you didn't win an award or anything well that's the interesting thing about a um online conference is that my my presentation was basically like a facebook post like people could like it people could favorite it and you saw how many views it had oh nice. um, so you could actually directly compare your like uh presentation to other presentations well congratulations i don't know why you would tell people you didn't work hard on it it's like one of those things where you're hedging yourself like ah, i didn't even study for that test and i gotta be no no i'm just giving the reality of the situation which was like turned <laughs> in late and uh like was doing it while i was in another meeting because i just put it off for so long all right, fair enough. Um, so, what else? Uh, I watched two documentaries. One was uh, Tickled. Um, Love it. Great documentary. Yeah, yeah, great documentary. It's better the less you know going into it. If you want a hook for it, it's about competitive endurance tickling. That takes a tonal shift very quickly in the movie. And uh, it has a follow-up on YouTube. It's pretty good, too. Uh, the other documentary I watched was uh, Class Action Park. Um, and pretty cool documentary about this like notoriously unsafe uh park in vernon new jersey um it's kind of like a libertarian's wet dream is like a good way to describe this park uh and basically about how the owner had connections potentially it's kind of intimated with the mafia that allowed him to get away with i mean the fact that people died at that park like multiple people every summer died at that park and it just from shooting like no from the rides Oh, like, yeah, like from the actual rides from drowning from uh, different stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, There was like no safety precautions in the park. And that was kind of the whole point of it. Um, It was kind of like a, you know, you enter at your own risk. And so, you know, if anything happens to you, it happens to you was uh, like the ethos of the park. Um, And so it has some, you know, it has some heavy hitters in it. I'll tell you, John Hodgman narrates, which I love his voice. Um, the famous New Jerseyans, uh, Chris Gethard and Allison Becker, make some appearances. So, you know, some big names. Um, but yeah, just a really fun documentary. And then actually the person that I had friends giving with, um, she is from New Jersey and apparently lived 20 minutes away from the park and went once. So I got to uh, talk about that with her and that was a really fun conversation. She died. <laughs> She's a ghost. was a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> um, like yeah it was so much fun because she hasn't watched the documentary yet but i got to be like oh did you do the alpine slide and she was like oh no no i would never <laughs> quick song recommendation uh toby and weejway's new song with royce to five nine and black thought was really good father figure real real grimy banger uh and the rapping on it like royce and black thought are like rippity rapping on that track dude it's fucking great um when has black thought ever released a track where he's not rippity rapping i know right <laughs> so Oh, I, that's kind of what I expect from Royce, too, at least if he's, like, you know, putting any effort into it. And, uh, yeah, the producer, Nell, a uh, really cool producer. Uh, she's making some dope bangers with Toby. So the other thing that I watched was the stand-up special by Rami Youssef, Feelings. Uh, I've, so I've that seen that good. one. Yeah, it yeah. is. Um, 
I really liked his bit about how Arabs are against pets because it really made sense to me about Paul's lifestyle. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense for why I didn't grow up with a pet dog, so did not yeah, gain yeah. feelings for them. Um, I would say season two of Rami is a... Well, season one's good, too. Season two is even better than season one. It's a, it's a good show. It's a, his show on... Uh, hulu yeah so that's actually was my segue into the fact that i started watching rami after that special um, oh really you'd never so, watched it before i thought i'd you recommended uh, it to me before a long time ago but i never got into it but i'm on episode i'm on episode five now and it's quite good uh just a few highlights uh the first episode where all three of the dudes are talking uh, all three of the arab dudes are talking about how white women suck was pretty funny <laughs> white women are always jumping into things <laughs> they're always finding things that doesn't belong to them they jump into it <laughs> Other people's business leaves. White women are just jumping into everything. <laughs> the, what was the other thing about like, yeah, it was something about like, they're always like, they're never taking their shoes off. They're just getting their dirt everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That was, I do remember that scene in particular. It was funny. Great scene. And then season two uh, is even better. It has, um, it has, what's his name? Let me look up his name. He's like, he's so good in it. A couple more highlights really quick. Um, episode two where the dad says passion is a made up word for white people. Really love that. Also let me in into the uh, ethos of Paul's family. That is so true. His dad has some a really good point there. <laughs> yeah, his dad, despite like giving off the stereotype of like uh, kind of like the restrictiveness of kind of what people think of of certain Arab households, he still comes off as a very kind and gentle person. Uh, yeah, yeah, which yeah. I think is a really nice dynamic. Uh, and then I really like the when they have the uncle who's like the uncle, quote unquote, who's like a super terrible person. I love that one of the things that he does that really sucks is he makes fun of Mo Salah. And I love that that was like, for me, that was like last straw. You can't be making fun of Mo Salah. That's terrible. <laughs> uh, and that was like really good character writing where I was like, I'm sold. This guy's a dirtbag. Fuck that guy. <laughs> um, um, there yeah. was that other soccer player who uh, who died, was it this week or last week? I don't really know who he is, that Argentinian, and everybody's very emotional about it. Diego Maradona, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was a big one. Ooh, I guess you didn't like him, Adrian. You're not uh you're not giving us a recap of your feelings for him like everybody else did uh, on social media. I, mean, I never saw him play as a kid. So like gotcha. you, so know, you don't have that. It's, sort it's more of like, like my tie. Yeah, that my dad's gonna be really sad about it, I'm sure. I haven't talked to him about it yet. There's also fun discourse around it because um he was notoriously anti American imperialism and he like had a tattoo of Fidel Castro on his leg. Um oh. so certain leftist communities are like really mourning him. Oh, is that, is that why also, I've seen him mentioned so much on Twitter? <laughs> yeah. The other thing is that he also kind of, besides being a really great soccer player, arguably the best soccer player to ever live, he was also kind of a dirtbag, like really addicted to drugs, known to be a wife abuser, accused of certain sexual assaults. And so there's a lot of stuff to take in and like nuance. And oh, damn. A real him. Kobe figure. Um, yeah. Yeah. A real Kobe figure in his aftermath. Okay. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So a very... You know, he's he was a person like everybody else, just like everybody else doing all this. Everybody, does. <laughs> I wasn't doubting. I mean that. His, uh, his ranking I mean that the humanoid category. <laughs> well, it's one of those things that you have to say because, like, like he's almost literally treated like a like a godly figure in Argentina. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you're saying. It might be seen as disrespectful for you to even bring it up post mortem. Well, that that happened recently, and I actually enjoyed that the fact that it wasn't like a dumpster fire in the comments where um. A female soccer player during a tribute to Diego Maradona decided to turn her back and uh, sit down for it instead of uh, being a part of the circle mm. of remembrance. Uh, 
with her giving the reasons that I kind of stated earlier. Uh, and most people's reaction to it was like, well, she's allowed to do that. Uh, but yeah, that's all for me for media roundup. Uh, really quickly, I can do my beer corner. Um, oh, quickly, I was going to say, I did fa- find the actor's name. Um, oh, nice. Mahar Shala Ali, is, uh, he plays the Amon in the second season and is fucking incredible in it. So uh, he's probably what makes the second season better than season one. And really, like he's like the best part of uh, of that show moving into season two. Is it a spoiler to say like what he actually is? Like, is he a new friend or? He's his new imam. He joins his uh, mosque. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Um, do you think he, so he adds a lot like comedically to the show or do you think he's like his acting's really good or? His acting is really good. He's actually not a comedic character at all. I don't think he has any funny scenes other than like Rami playing off of him as him as a straight mm-hmm. man and just like look at how stupid Rami is. Rami is, this is a light spoiler, incredibly dislikable at the end of season one, and that continues on into season two, where he just continues to be incredibly unlikable. Um, That seems to be something that I'm kind of picking up on, where um, it's a very self-deprecating show. Yeah, but it it moves into the territory of where you don't really even like the main character, though. Dang, he's so charming. He is very charming. You, you, You start to like him again during season two, and then the same thing, like the finale is not kind to him yeah i guess if anyone's actually wondering in terms of like for me this is strong recommendation if you're wondering whether or not you'll like it if you like most other fx shows it's a very fx show (laughs) that's true um especially in its lighting there's something about fx show lighting that's so specific lighting and cinematography i don't know how to describe it it's like a certain color palette and a certain lighting style i don't even know if they have like an in-house producer or something who like does that but like yeah it uh yeah. Also, I like the uh, font and the uh, closing uh, cards and stuff with the uh, actors' mm-hmm. names. I don't know why that that's such a s- tiny point, but it's specifically very nice. Cool. All right. Well, that's uh, that's it for my media roundup. I'm gonna do a quick beer corner. Um, I got Jack Rabbit's Haze of Diamonds Single Hop Hazy IPA. So this has a kind of a cool backstory to it. Um, Jack Rabbit released four beers each a single hop hazy ipa with a different hop variety um in each one so with the four number they decided to do kind of the different suits that are in a deck of cards so this specifically the haze of diamonds but they also have spades and clubs and hearts um and so they released all four let people try them and then pick which one they thought was the best hop variety for the hazy ipa um so i haven't tried the other three this is my first one but it's pretty good i actually would be interested in kind of seeing if I can tell the nuance difference between using different varieties of hops and how much of a difference it actually makes. That'd actually be kind of cool. And uh, I think my biggest praise for it is that I usually don't like hazy IPAs and I'm actually really enjoying this one. So uh, maybe I'll bring in the other ones uh, next week, but uh, yeah, pretty solid beer all around. Yeah. So um, our topic for this week is bad trips. Does anybody want to start off the discussion with an example of a bad vacation they've been on? Bad trip. Why are you saying that like we have a whole classroom of people here? <laughs> oh, you know what's actually so really quick. Uh, one experience I had this week is that I attended my first virtual DSA meeting. Uh, oh, really? And I did nice. not realize how um, classroomy it was because it really is like we read articles and we discuss them. And it has strong like college Zoom vibes where the guy's leading the discussion. He's like this line from the article. What do you guys think that means? And he has to like sit there for like a whole minute while it's just completely silent because there's like eight of us and no one really wants to talk um but yeah so overall i think it was a positive experience but just kind of like a interesting 
an interesting vibe to those meetings. One of the funny things, or one of the things that definitely rang true for Charlotte DSA when I saw a picture of them posted up on Twitter was um, the, like, the idea that every socialist is either, like, under 30 or above 60. And it's, yeah, it, for sure. if you've seen, like, a meetup, it definitely rings true. It's definitely, like, elderly people and, like, very young people. But there's just, like, a big gap there where it was unacceptable to be socialist in America. That's, like, that gap. There's just no members of DSA. <laughs> that totally rings true for me. Yeah, we had, uh, it was, like, kind of people that I probably have never seen in Davis before. Because they're just, like, old people living their lives in, like, parts of Davis that I don't go to. Uh, and then youngins with their dyed hair and their wacky tattoos. <laughs> And their wacky tattoos. A nice line drawing of an animal in like a prism style. Like a, a polygonal drawing of an animal tattooed onto their bicep. Yeah, 100%. Anyway, sorry to uh, interrupt. What were you saying? Oh, because you were saying that in a way that felt like a classroom. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I don't so... know how, how we got really off track. We're talking about trips. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. We might so cut out about all of that trips. TBH. I'm not sure it needs to go in. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. That's more personal conversation. But yeah, we're talking about bad drug trips, which uh, Paul has been reluctant to talk about this kind of stuff on the pod before. So I don't really know what we're going to do in terms of discussion. I mean, we don't have to uh, personalize it. We're just going to talk about stories we've heard of people who had bad trips. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, one of the and, things I'll bring up, which is a uh, a little sneak peek into the third segment, is... Erawid, which is a site I used a lot in high school, which is a site that kind of compiles drug information, dosages, and trip experiences. I, I don't, a lot of drug stereotypes aren't true, but it's shocking how many of them are true when you just kind of, uh, it's shocking how many drug stereotypes can be true when you navigate through Erawid's trip report section, because there is a lot of people who've definitely fried a few too many brain cells Definitely not a very succinct group of people. They all write 10,000 word essays that amount in like I went and got like chocolate chip uh, fudge brownies from the corner shop and came back home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely some incredibly sad stories that point to addiction and seem like like not happy reporting. And like I said, I'm not I'm not the type of person to vilify drugs. I don't really like I'm a I'm a legalize at all probably type person. Mm hmm. But talking about the bad stuff, it's not hard to find online. You can you can find people talking about the bad stuff pretty easily. There's the r slash opioids, opioids, um, which is another place you can go online that is just like a compilation of some incredibly like sad stories and um, sad experiences. Uh, the psychedelic subreddits is a mix. It's actually a lot of people. Uh, bumping up or upvoting the like good experiences and there's bad experiences to be found there but uh those are typically a little bit it's not like r slash opioid where it's like a majority bad experience that like leaves you kind of feeling sad mm -hmm. i don't have any comments about that <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i don't i actually i haven't visited arrowhead maybe since like middle school or high school um and i was never like a big uh reader of it i think i visited a couple times uh, i know it does have this kind of like um reputation on the internet for like because there's so much information on it it has actually like saved a couple lives whenever people didn't know what was going on during a drug trip or whatever mm -hmm. um so it is like a well i don't know depending on how reliable you find the information but it's uh 
an interesting idea, interesting platform for people to uh, talk about their experiences. So, Paul, have you ever done a cocaine enema? What? <laughs> <laughs> Paul, list off the drugs you've done. Uh, Tylenol. Tylenol PM. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, lean. And that's it. <laughs> Scissor. Your turn. Tylenol. Tylenol AM. <laughs> Tylenol PM. Tylenol military time. Uh, Tylenol sundial. <laughs> I don't even think this joke makes sense. Um, yeah, no, I mean, you know, I've I've uh, I've done a few psychedelics in my day. I've done them less as I've gotten older because my anxiety uh, is not like I don't even re- in high school. I used to be able to like take acid. It, like it didn't fuck with my anxiety at all. And now I'm like, if I do this, I might fucking just cry all day. <laughs> so I am now much more reluctant to try and do uh, any kind to of be a child. <laughs> Like almost yeah like i don't think that's good advice but like yeah do do psychedelics when you're like 16 and you don't have anything to worry about um i think statistically though that's much more likely to read lead to a, uh, a psychosis and uh like an actual psychiatric issues to well do then what is my advice supposed to be paul be a well-adjusted adult <laughs> i'm sorry i can't do that <laughs> Um, I mean, if you listen to certain people, the advice is do psychedelics, do DMT to, like, meet your demons and fight them, and then you won't be anxious anymore. (laughs) That is part of it. I mean, there's clinical research, right, saying that, like, uh, you know, uh, psilocybin can uplift your mood for an entire month after you do shrooms or whatever, Uh, which I think that's partly true. It it, it gives you, like, lasting good vibes. Um, So, one of the things I will mention is... is While looking for, like, funny Eerowood stories for this episode, I was, uh, I did encounter a website that made word clouds from trip reports on Eerowood for each drug, and it did affirm my stereotype that, that acid is the scary and bad, uh, psychedelic and that shrooms is the happy good one, because the word clouds Mm. for shrooms is, like, all positive words. And the word cloud for acid is all negative words. And I was like, that's kind of how I always felt about those two. So uh, about the distinction a, between those two. That was a phrase that I had with my friends in college was um, shrooms is groovy, acid is gravy. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's like a, yeah, that was kind of basically saying the same thing. It's just a, it's just long, man. It's like 12 hours. Like, <laughs> who's got time for that? Shrooms is a type five. You know, you get in, you get out. Uh, so... Adrian's guide to tripping do it in the sun for some reason I had a weird thing where I really like doing it alone or with like a really close friend over doing it like in big groups certainly not mm. um and uh have some plans you know I think one of my favorite things to do was to shower but like you sometimes you have a movie ready sometimes a movie's just not the vibe you just want to be outside um and so like when I did it once I had uh I don't know if this is safe actually but uh the apartment complex that I was living in could let you let you rent out like a uh, little uh, paddle boats to go out into the lake that we were buying so that was a really nice time um so yeah you know have a plan have someone to call have someone with you if you think you want like a trip sitter and uh you know be smart about it and uh you know just go in recognizing that you're playing with fire a little bit um as a- chance the rapper once said boy that acid burn when it clean you i wear my jacket as a cape and my umbrella as a cane <laughs> that's such a good song dude i know but uh, yeah, I think for the longest time, and I even think looking back, I never had like an explicitly bad trip. The only times I ever had a bad time was when I was with someone who had a bad trip. And uh, 
There's a long For story sure. that's, about that. That's one. also good advice. Don't do yeah. a don't do your drugs with a spaz because when or, when they start yeah. spazzing, it really is a bummer. In the case of uh, whenever like the big story I have about someone having a bad trip, don't do acid with a person who you just introduced to marijuana like two weeks ago. <laughs> it might involve them taking off all of their clothes and running down the street, and you having to chase them down and getting punched in the face. Uh, don't have your friend Hunter then call Paul and ask him to come clean up the situation for you at one in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and don't I have a bad we having... friend like Paul who then goes, "No, fuck you." <laughs> Dude, what I, my favorite part of that night um, was I remember uh, I, I guess I'm, I guess we're naming names. So Hunter, uh, it was his house that we were at. And then Fergus was the friend who actually bought the acid. And he was like, all right, well, I can't leave. I got to take care of Stanley. I was the one who gave him the drugs. And I was like, I don't have, I'm not hosting. I didn't give him the drugs. I kind of just want to go home. And Hunter was like, yeah, but also you're my friend. You're not a little bitch ass. So you're going to stay and help us with this. And I was like, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I, I saw my out and I didn't take it. Yeah, I don't know. I had, I had a fun quite a few times and then things became less fun. And now I just don't really do it anymore. I don't really play with fire like that anymore. Understandable. I feel like, um... Yeah, age plays a big part of it, and then also just, like, there's only so many feelings you can get from those drugs, and there is a, it's not an endless human mindscape to be explored. It, it, it does kind of yeah. become like a party trick after a while, where you kind of know what is coming and what isn't, and it feels good or it doesn't, but, like, it's not different. Also, I guess we're kind of opening this up where we're calling a, a bad trip to also include marijuana, which certainly I think everyone has a story or two about taking too many edibles or taking yeah, too yeah, much of an yeah. edible. Anxiety and I've definitely attacks. heard those stories before. Um, I guess that is one where I take CBD gummies uh, pretty often, like kind of in and out of my life. Uh, and I this one I can talk about because useful. marijuana is legal in the only places I've ever taken it. I've never taken it anywhere where it wasn't legal. So uh, Absolutely. So I've, I have definitely went in my times in Denver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, had had kind and of edibles negative, are the way to go. I think negative experiences with the anxiety. Yeah, the problem with edibles though is you are more likely to have a negative experience because you don't, you can't measure the quantity as well, right? It's not the same as like puffing away at a at a spliff, right? It's like you, you feel so. yourself get higher. Too. It's the, yeah. there's a delayed aspect. There's you're taking some amount and then waiting, and that delayed aspect kind of like introduces the risk of like overdoing it. So actually, speaking of um your time in denver um i knew someone in denver at that time who worked at the denver zoo and because it was like one of the few places denver or colorado in general where uh legal where recreational marijuana was legal part of his job like at least once a week i think he said was calling an ambulance for like someone who was not from colorado coming and thinking oh it'll be cool to take a whole bunch of edibles and go to the zoo and then they start freaking out like once a week they had to call an ambulance for people who did that oh damn i thought he worked at the botanical gardens which i guess both would that's be that's what it is yeah i guess <laughs> i guess both would be a destination for like I'm, I'm really high that would be something nice to look at but yeah i do love a good botanical garden oh actually during um a brief period of my life where i was trying to do microdosing, one of the days i went to the zoo and um i had a really chill time Dude, shout out to the Riverbank Zoo. I know all zoos are like immoral and suck, but uh, I, I like. Wait, is that grow your position? I I don't know. Isn't that supposed to be my position? No, they're like hugely important for conservation. At least the good oh, ones. Oh, okay. Well, Ellie, uh, Ellie from college, uh, you've misled me on my opinion on zoos. You made them sound like they were all problematic. Yeah, I'll send you an article. We wrote a whole piece about this on our animal behavior blog. Oh, cool. Okay. Ooh, so now I can feel good about zoos again. Nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 I fucking love zoos. Um, one of my friends in college was really anti-zoo, so I think I just kind of, like, assumed she was right about that and never looked into it more. All right, let's debate. Facts <laughs> and logic. 
<laughs> I'll bring Ali on the pod. Yeah, Riverbank Zoo was pretty fucking sweet. Shout out to Riverbank. You know, yeah, I think it was one of those things where because it was so popular where we came from to shit on our hometown and shit on Columbia, people were always like, yeah, Riverbanks, that's like the worst zoo in the world, right? And it's like, no, it's a pretty nice zoo as far as zoos go. Like, Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I've only it. been to like six different zoos in my life. Like I've been to the one in Toronto, one in Atlanta, trying to, uh, I've been to one in Lebanon. I, I, Cuba. Oh yeah, the one in Cuba. <laughs> that one was um, tight, though. <laughs> that one might be one you have to feel bad about, though, considering. Well, well, yeah, that's another part of the, uh, you know, accreditation is another part of the argument uh, and understanding what that means. But um, the other thing I wanted to say, we're getting on a tangent, but the Atlanta Zoo when I went there, like the big deal, um, was that they had just birthed twin pandas, and I remember it was like I tried to form it into a stand-up joke because I was like, dude, I saw the baby lions too. You can tell me any animal is a twin, and I'll fucking believe you. Like, I'm not totally sure that <laughs> these, these pandas are twins. Like I didn't see them being birthed, and I don't really. I'm not gonna ask for evidence, but they look the same. <laughs> you think they were just brother and sister? They weren't identical, but somebody just showed up with black spray paint and got their dots the same, and they were like, good enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i think that's almost certainly what happened and then one day it rains and the paint washes away <laughs> and there's just a revolt at the zoo <laughs> oh more media roundup i recently just rewatched um tropic thunder and that movie holds up mm. damn it's really funny and that reminded me of that scene because there's a scene where he's attacked by a bear and it's played horrifyingly but then after he kills it in the middle of the night it, it, he realizes it's a panda <laughs> 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 i don't remember that scene but that's awesome and he, he gets really sad about it yeah i haven't watched that movie recently but um i enjoyed it watched it in theaters let's you you want to you want to pull up uh articles and get into it yeah yeah i don't think there's really much more to say well, like either so, you've experienced or you haven't in, in like there's no way to really explain it to you if you haven't experienced it but and but, but i mean not it's, experience you need to have so like who cares it's not necessarily bad trips, right? Because we have two negative drug experiences. So it can also be other negative drug experiences, which I guess the, the other large one other than bad trips is obviously addiction. Um, have you ever been addicted to a drug, Adrian? <laughs> other than alcohol? No, I actually always thought it was... um, Like, the way I always described it with in my relationship with marijuana was like, there was never a time in my life where for an, a whole week I smoked every single day that week. Even at, like, my highest Oh, that sounds usage. miserable. I mean, I don't think it's a moral failing or anything, but there's, like, if you're the type of person who's been around drugs, you, you, you realize that some of their biggest proponents are a little bit, like, quick to shove away the negative aspects or hide it because they've been so... Mm -hmm. Because they've been so unfairly demonized, they then don't want to, like, engage with the fact that there there are some bad aspects. That is true. I think it's one of those things where it's like counterproductive, where it's almost like when um you teach uh abstinence only versus like giving like actually good information and how that actually yeah. achieves the goals that people who, you know, try to use abstinence only education. Uh, as a kid, hearing everything I heard about marijuana and then trying it as, a, as like a teenager and realizing that it didn't murder me or make my brain melt was like, oh, I, I wonder if this happens with every other drug. And that definitely made me like in terms of gateway drug and like that was like that kind of myth. It definitely made me more open to trying other drugs because I was like, what else have I been lied to about? Like, mm -hmm. what is pretty fucking okay? Yeah, yeah. The um, line society counter... took tell like 2005 was like, the abstinence of drugs. And yeah, but the line certain people take now in reaction to that is like, 
I don't know what the analogy would be with sex. Instead of handing out condoms, they're like, nah, brah, raw dog it. There's nothing dangerous. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, that's actually a good, that's a good point. There is a little bit of that going on now for sure. Um, Especially when you can bring in like the medicinal parts of marijuana and that, that's been like backed up by some studies. It's like uh, you, you yeah. get free reign to just like use it without any kind of um, nuance about negative effects. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I never got addicted to marijuana at any point in my life. Um, I, psychedelics, you kind of can't because there's that like refractory period where they don't work as well if you don't wait a few days in between trips. Um, and then any other drug that I've done, like I don't think I have access enough to it to like get addicted <laughs> to it. So uh, it's very much like a opportunistic. Someone was like, "Hey, you want you want to do this?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, See, sure." That was the problem with lean because it's like I'm in the studio all day, laying down my beach, laying down my. <laughs> and rats, it's just there. Are you have it in a big. Uh, in the big orange cooler that you usually see farm workers put on the back of their truck. <laughs> they just had that filled with lean. Yeah, the big orange Gatorade coolers that they have yeah. for the coaches. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, so do you mind if I go first today, Adrian? Uh, bring in my yeah, article. Sure, all right. So I've brought in a uh, another Dear Urban Diplomat article, which um, was also recently featured on this podcast. He's a... Uh, one of my favorite, they are published in Toronto Life magazine, and this one is called Help, My Cleaning Lady Ate My Pot Edible and Freaked Out, published October 9th, 2019. My cleaning lady helped herself to a chocolate bar from my fridge and ended up in the emergency room. It was a pot edible, which she couldn't have known. I feel terrible. She had no idea what was wrong with Are we going to say anything was... about them calling it a pot edible? Hey, it's the 70s, man. Is, wait, it's 2019 is the article <laughs> uh like that's just so redundant that almost seems like atm machine or like uh, garlic aioli right oh yeah yeah yeah. they could just say edible i think we would all know yeah it's not edible heroin <laughs> <laughs> um okay she had no idea what was wrong with her and was really shaken i want to make it up to her somehow but my husband says i'm an idiot and should fire her for taking something without asking at the very least he thinks we should dock her pay for the cost of the edibles what should I Jesus do? Jesus Christ. <laughs> His husband sounds horrible. <laughs> Literally, I, that sounds like the joke answer I would give. Like, like yeah, the yeah, joke yeah. would be, how could you possibly behave in the most cruel, shitty way possible? Fire them after after you gave them a life scare, like, a, like scared, their, scared them for their life and dock them their pay. For the cost of the edibles, you 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 have enough money to hire a maid, and you're pissed that she ate a chocolate bar from your fridge. Get the fuck over yeah. yourself. Also, who keeps chocolate in the fridge? These people are weird. I don't trust them. Is that like an edible thing? Does it do anything for it? So it wouldn't melt, maybe, and then like unless they're like able to afford a cleaning lady, but not AC, and it was gonna like melt <laughs> in their house. Like I don't see why you wouldn't just keep it out. Um. Anyways, yeah, I think you're totally right. Like, if you just the most cruel way to handle the situation is what this <laughs> husband goes for. Um, report her to the agency that hire that sends her to you for taking drugs and make them drug test her and fire her from all her job. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, get her blacklisted from the cleaning lady community. <laughs> I'll make like, sure you never clean another house in this might, city again. <laughs> that might be the only way to like up the ante on how cruel the actual answer was <laughs> like her husband yeah, is like yeah. let's invite her back and pretend we think she's pretty but then uh make fun of her in front of the rest of the class <laughs> like plant, plant your wife's uh diamond earrings into her apron next time <laughs> next time you go in for a handshake be like one of those sad pakistani documentaries where you get to like whip her with a cane for not cleaning well enough 
Yeah, absolutely. All right, issue handled. It's like, do you tell her, oh, yeah, it's because it was a pot brownie? I guess, like... Make her think she's allergic to chocolate for the rest of her life? <laughs> do you think that's what she's going to think? I, she might not make the well, connection. Yeah, well, like, yeah, I was going to say, so, how else would you not know that it's like, yeah. I mean, the pot brownie isn't going to hit till like, 40 minutes afterwards. She might not even remember she had the chocolate bar as the reason mm-hmm. for feeling bad. Because she smoked so much pot after <laughs> after eating the chocolate bar, she probably forgot. <laughs> um you know what i mean is it like helpful to her like is it is it psychologically harmful for her to not know what made that happen to her or is it just like it doesn't matter i don't know where this is going like yeah i think you should obviously tell them what happened you should um this is one of those things where in colorado i remember right after dorley left they passed a bill where um you weren't allowed to make like classic shapes into like edibles into like classic gummy shapes or anything anymore it had to be like in the shape of a marijuana leaf or it had to have like a a print on it that said thc okay. uh it was like a thing for like making sure kids didn't get into edibles but um seems like that would have helped here i think i know dorley was really against that it law, feels like the but, chocolate um, bar should have been pretty like it, it's surprising like did she not check the label at all she didn't that she wasn't curious that might have been why it was in the fridge is they like maybe ate half of it and then just put it in a ziploc bag and threw it in the fridge oh uh, once again that, that still doesn't need a fridge it could just go with the ziploc bag in your cupboard still <laughs> yeah yeah i don't really know also she's eating like a half-eaten chocolate bar which feels weird too that's that's very familiar <laughs> you're doing that what would you do in terms of handling the emergency room bill because i'm assuming she doesn't have health care if she's a if she's a you know a cleaning lady my mom i don't think had health care through her i mean uh, that's tough because employer. i don't think it's your fault like you don't expect somebody i guess it depends on how well labeled it was right if you left it in some sort of way that was like it could be surprising to somebody then i guess you were negligent and maybe you should like feel bad but if it was labeled as thc i mean it's not your fault somebody stole it from your fridge like yeah that is the bottom line right like yeah it was yours and uh, it was in your house and it's a an adult person right if you left it out yeah if you left it out in some sort of negligent way like either taking off the label or like you told her hey have some anything in the fridge and forgot to mention it then maybe you should feel guilty but I don't think well, it's the current situation. The latter, yeah. I mean, but then there's also, like, if you just feel close to her, like, if you like your cleaning lady and you have the money to spare, maybe you should just, not because it's, like, your fault, but because, you know, it's just, like, help out your fellow yeah. human, you know? It doesn't necessarily have to be, like, about responsibility. It can be about, like, Being a giving nice person. that as a, yeah, as a gift. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something where, like, you and I would have that opinion, but anyone who's rich enough to have a cleaning lady probably doesn't, so. <laughs> anyone who, yeah, you're right. They'll... <laughs> well, they're already thinking Which, about firing By the firing way, I feel like her, I'm calling so. out, you know, as someone who uh, whose mom is a cleaning lady, who's a housekeeper, I think is the term that I prefer to use, uh, I'm basically calling out all of her employers when I say that, but I've met I've met them, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if the shoe fits. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> no, no, no. Some of them treat my mother very nice. Um. Some of them are only racist when they vote and when they talk about other people. <laughs> and some of them hire Adrian to come be a to come be a bartender for them at their parties in a very cute they and do. adorable way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before I was able to drink, I had to make eggnog for their holiday party, and then I was opening beers for people, and uh, I was very attentive. People, I was very attentive. People really liked me, except for the old guy who asked me to make a screwdriver. I had never made a drink ever. I was a I was a a, a pristine, starry eyed little boy. Um, and so, uh, I didn't put ice in it. I just mixed orange juice and vodka together. (laughs) 
because uh, I didn't realize that was part of a drink. And then I made a vodka cranberry for another old man. And uh, when he asked for a second, he said, this time put some alcohol in it. And I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the other story. This time don't be a bitch ass little kid. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how much alcohol you put into a drink. Um, Do you think it was like the a other... little bit of a like a, a status symbol for them to have uh, to have Hispanic help? I think so. Party? Yeah, I think they really liked it. Um, the other thing that happened that night, which I think I've told you before about like why I brought it up was, uh, I opened up a wine bottle and I got it like wine on my white shirt. And, uh, I think old people just love having these old timey tricks or whatever, where like everyone had to tell me a different way to get wine out of your shirt. Oh yeah. A little bit of um, lemon juice with, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were like, actually what you want to do first is put more wine on it. And then that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. It was you know, just, the old uh, saying fight wine with wine. That's why you're going to want to burn your shirt a little to get some fire on there first. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that was a fun night actually. All right, you want you want to jump into the answer? I think we uh, ragged on these people enough for threatening to fire her. I'm gonna guess that the urban diplomat is gonna say, "What the fuck? No, don't don't fire her." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the actual question? What to do about her employment wise? I think we covered that. Yeah, just yeah, I think let it go and uh, maybe consider like paying part of the emergency room bill or something like give her the lump sum to pay it off and then like maybe like dock from her pay like every month or something like something kind of nice like that yeah indentured servitude seems like the answer adrian just inventing indentured you think it's gonna take her like 20 years to pay it off it's not a student loan (laughs) work the field cancel all cleaning lady debt now (laughs) let's see what uh let's see what mr urban diplomat has to say if there's any of that chocolate bar left i suggest you start by offering your husband a piece because he needs to chill Bam, starting with a zinger. He is right about one thing. You don't owe your cleaning lady anything, since it was her own unprofessionalism that landed her in that position. But her punishment has already been served. Surely the mortification and anxiety that accompanied what sounds like a pretty terrible trip is far worse than a slightly smaller paycheck. Check in to make sure she's okay and ask if there's anything she needs. After that, it's best to turn the whole thing into a cringeworthy dinner party story and move on. Um... I do like the urban the urban diplomat suggestion that the payment you get or like the most that she has to do to repay you is that you get a good story out of it. So I kind of <laughs> like that perspective. Adrian's Adrian's everlasting advice: just go through life <laughs> fishing for stories. Yeah, yeah. It's called the uh, what is it? The narrative theory of authenticity. All right. Um, I don't know if I, I mean, it's a pretty cookie cutter answer from Mr. Urban Diplomat on this one. Nothing to disagree with. Uh, he's right. It is her fault that she was landed at that position. And he is also right that basically like the, the catastrophe that it led to is definitely punishment enough. And you should probably be a little bit more, you should be more worried about her than you should be angry about your lost edible. The husband's a yeah, bit very, of a bitch. very classic kooky caper. All right, Adrian, we moving on to article number two this week. All right, this one has been um, foreshadowed in a previous episode. We're going back to ask Andrew WK of The Voice. Um, despite Sean's pleading case, I am not going to redo an introduction for Andrew WK. I think I was right the first time. He's some goofy dude who makes music and is weirdly spiritual. The question this week is, should I start doing heroin? Paul, any thoughts off top? Should I start doing heroin? I'm going to go ahead and say yes. All right. I mean, how else are you going to become a rock star? You're writing into Andrew WK because you want to be a rock star. Rock stars do hard drugs. They don't give a fuck. I think you have a 
correlational a, a causality issue there <laughs> where i think you, people don't usually start doing heroin and then become rock stars <laughs> i think i think there's usually no a, i've a, graphed a, it rock a, stars not do heroin <laughs> <laughs> um okay so let's read this question uh it's from may 14th 2014 dear andrew i scored a big batch of oxycontin not too long ago and i have to say i liked it a lot it soothed me and for the first time in my entire life i truly felt pain-free physically, and emotionally. Even though I know it can be dangerous, I've honestly not seen any drawbacks so far. I just <laughs> finally felt good. The thing is, now I don't have any more pills, and all I can think about is taking the next step. Heroin. I've lost my job and I don't have a girlfriend or any close family, so I don't really have any responsibilities, but I've got enough money saved up to survive and just want the world to fade away for a while. I want to go away from everything. Should I? Hi right now. In terms of people writing in with questions, that one felt the most like it had song lyrics in it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't have no responsibilities. I just want to float away. That's a banger, dude. That's I'm, I would listen to that on SoundCloud. No more pills. Taking no, no, taking the next step wouldn't be a lyric. Lost my job. Lost my dog. No, no. It's not working out, Adrian. You know, it's a country song. Oh <laughs> shit! All right. Well, I don't think we have the rights to this anyway. So. <laughs> lost my job, lost my dog, and my girlfriend, or any close family aren't nearby. Um. So I think this is like what Paul kind of referred to earlier, assuming it stays in the episode. But there is just kind of a atmosphere of sadness that surrounds these this particular drug and yeah. uh, this particular set of drugs. Yeah, this family of drugs um but yeah paul advice off top i'm gonna i'm gonna go out on a limb and say don't do the heroin mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i'm gonna say i love the part where it's just like you, you know what i'm not gonna judge this person it seems like they're in a tough time in their life but it is crazy how like you can hear over and over like it's a cultural narrative at this point that obviously drugs like something like oxycontin is going to feel good the first time and it's going to feel like it's helping you and taking away the pain and that is just a siren song and once once you become accustomed to it and once they come the addiction takes over your life it doesn't matter that like just the part when he says i've honestly not seen any drawbacks so far like that is a cultural narrative we know that you don't see drawbacks so far you you mm. only start seeing the drawbacks once it's too late and you're addicted like I, this person knows that, right? I think they do know that. Maybe they're just looking for their hero to pull them back from the edge and tell them, like, come on, dude. <laughs> you know that. You know that. I think the interesting thing to me is this idea that he's basically saying, like, I have enough money to live off of for a while. So I kind of just want to, like, do heroin for a little bit and then get back to regular life. And I think that's a idea where like he's just like you know i can do a little heroin for a while you know and then just get back to regular life you know sometimes you want to take a little vacation and uh yeah i don't know if this is uh the type of drug that you take on it you do for a month and just put on the shelf for uh the rest of the year one of my druggy friends in college swore to god that heroin was not an addictive drug and that there's people who are functioning heroin addicts and they just do enough every day that's hilarious yeah <laughs> what a ridiculous idea i know i know was this person a, a heroin user or did they, no they, really they were they were the just cause? like an incredibly drug curious person and were always like uh, espousing the like benefits of psychedelics and um whatnot 
Yeah, I mean, as far as I've heard from people's stories, it is the kind of drug that you can do once and never do again. And I think some people recognize like, oh, you know what? I actually think I like that a little bit too much and I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> I don't think it's the kind of drug you can do for like two months straight. And then, yeah, just be like, all right, back to Arby's. Um, back to Arby's. You think that's a job that he doesn't have right now? He was an Arby's employee? That he saved up so much money from? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. We got the meat and the heroin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anything else? No, I mean, like, I think I... Not to brag, but I think I, uh... I think I pretty much nailed that one home, right? Don't do the heroin. <laughs> it doesn't matter that... The Oxycontin wasn't bad so far. Do you have another suggestion for an alternative, like yoga or alcohol? Yeah, yeah. Become a become an alcoholic because it is something that you can actually be Socially a functioning. Uh, yeah, yeah. You can be a functioning alcoholic. I'm joking. Don't 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 become an alcoholic. I mean, maybe become an alcoholic, but don't do it to not do heroin. Probably just don't do it either. <laughs> <laughs> Solid advice, as always, from Paul. Uh, I say become one of those people that gets addicted to exercising. <laughs> I get a runner's high. Okay, okay, this is it. I've been waiting for a time in this podcast for me to come at people who claim they get runner's highs or they claim. Oh that shit! <laughs> Paul's pet peeve. <laughs> Triple P. Paul's pet peeve corner. Fuck y'all. Nobody gets a runner's high. Nobody. Y- y'all are liars, or you're <laughs> lying to yourself. Or, but but just stop lying to me. I don't care what you need to say to yourself to convince yourself that you like exercising. There's no point in an exercise regimen where it's better than not just laying down on the couch and watching TV. And I, like, obviously, long-term benefits to your, like, mental health and your physical health, it is better to exercise. But stop lying to me about runner's highs or, like, this, oh, after a while, you, you, you start to love it. You feel great in the gym. No, you don't. You're all lying to me. And... It's honestly kind of, like, patronizing. <laughs> Fuck y'all. But, Paul, if you read the research, you release endorphins when you exercise. Fucking liars. They also say that about, like, smiling. And I promise you, if I sat there with a fucking Joker <laughs> grin on my face for 24 hours, I'd be miserable. Paul's the Joker, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright, I liked Paul's pet peeve corner. That was the first one of those you've ever had. Uh, surprised you don't have more. I don't know. That's just always annoyed me. I... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I have a hot take on that. I think um, I used to live next to a track uh, in like Ooh, a public he park. He could get into gambling. He could go to the tracks and bet on the ponies instead of heroin. <laughs> bet on the ponies. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I guess kind of the same thing, right? Like he says he has money to live off of. He probably has a little extra money to like go to the slots. Yeah, hit it big. Play those penny slots. You used to live next to a track and you enjoyed running. What were you? Sorry for... Oh, no, I used to live next to a track, and I would go running. Um, I would bike over to the track, run. And even at the point where I was doing, like, two and a half miles, it never felt good. It just felt like nothing. That was, like, the best it could be. It's like, it, I, I just, like, kind of had a clear mind and would just keep going. But oh, it certainly yeah. never one felt point, good. At one point, I was running five miles daily. And, like, I was doing that for a while, and it never started feeling good. And that's when I was like, I think this runner's high thing is just a lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do an exercise episode one day. All right, where are we even leaving off on this? Oh yeah, you want to read the answer now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's read the answer. Dear high right now. Oh, I forgot to field how long this question is. Holy shit! Okay, <laughs> um, we're gonna do some edit. I don't even know if I want to read all this. Uh, okay, let's let's see what he says. 
Once again, we're gonna cut it down to like maybe the. While you read it, can I go get a snack? I'm actually kind of (laughs) hungry. Yeah, sure, dude. Of course. Why do some people go all the way into oblivion and give up on the regular life? Why do other people never seem to consider giving up? I think wanting to find a way out of life is a completely understandable desire, and in many ways, the entire human struggle is centered around finding a way out of suffering. Why do we keep on striving every day forever? What are we hoping to find? Why is it so hard just to get by, let alone to thrive? It takes an untiring commitment to the belief that if we keep trying to succeed, someday everything will be perfect and we'll finally truly be happy. Becoming a drug addict can be a perfectly reasonable reaction to the incredibly exhausting project called being alive. We must do our best to remember how close each of us is to the edge of oblivion at any moment, and not to be too quick to judge the person who chooses to take an alternative path to get there. The easy way out is often the hardest way, and there is something strangely heroic about the person who chooses to venture into no man's land beyond the trappings of day-to-day life. Who are these people who fling themselves into the abyss and then try to exist there? So should you become a heroin user? I don't know, but I wouldn't think less of you if you did, and that scares me, and I hope it scares you too. One of my best friends who did heroin said he realized humans aren't meant to feel that good. There are many paths that lead to many outcomes, and it all depends on what your ultimate goals are here. If your goal is to achieve a bunch of accomplishments and succeed, quote-unquote, then becoming a full-blown drug addict might not be the best path. If your goal is to avoid pain by whatever means necessary, then becoming a full-blown drug addict might be the right path, at least for a while. But always remember, the pain that comes from being alive is also what makes pleasure feel good. So we need that contrast in order to feel either. If all we felt was pleasure, then that pleasure would soon become pain. It's a law of nature that one cannot exist without the other. The true scam is believing that there ever will be a perfect way to live, so you have to be careful which version of the scam you choose to believe. It's like someone always looking for the perfect way to win in roulette. The odds are always the same, no matter how many times the ball lands on black, and despite what many people believe, it's okay not to feel good all the time. No one knows what's really going on. Everything is neither true nor false, except that everything is neither true nor false, or maybe not. Try to stay in that state of mind, and the pain and pleasure will be another aspect of this absurd and perplexing party called life. It's the best party we can have. It's the party of not being dead. Stay strong and live it up, my friend. Andrew WK. P.S. I think all drugs should be legal. The the P.P.S. is just a really long story about him having a weird dream, so I'm not going to read that. Um, Okay, Paul, any thoughts on the answer? Andrew WK could probably start a cult with the type of things he says if he wanted to, and it's kind of nice that it seems like his ambition is just write an advice column. Sure. I think one thing I'll say about Andrew WK is he kind of reminds me of one of my uh, friends who... uh, someone was described as someone who just meets you where you're at. And I think Andrew WK is very much like that. Like the way he's talking about, like, should you become a heroin user? It depends on what your goals are. If you want to succeed in a traditional way, obviously not. But if you're just trying not to feel pain, then technically that achieves those goals. He very much like takes these questions at face value and like tries to like meet the person where they're at, if that makes sense. But uh, I don't necessarily, it means I don't necessarily think that makes his advice good. I do think it all sounded very poetic and nice, and I do think that he made some good points, and it it all was, like, well-written. All right, shout-out to Andrew WK. Paul, you ready for a third segment? I am ready for our third segment. All right, Adrian, so I have brought in, and I mean, I'm not not turning this into a game or anything. I've just brought in some Arrowhead trip trip reports, and I just kind of wanted to read them out to you and see if you had any thoughts just bounce off some ideas on how you felt about these people's experiences on these various drugs cool so this first person is taking a medley of drugs they're taking cannabis 
um, repeated plant material. They're taking 10 milligrams of Zola, Zolapedum oral and one tobacco cigarette smoked. <laughs> <laughs> A while I... <laughs> and I'm gonna leave in the uh, grammar and spelling errors <laughs> because I can't. A while ago, smoked about seven bowls, and I'm feeling pretty lethargic and blank because the high has worn off. I acquire a couple Ambien and decide to give it a shot. I have heard and read good experience with it, especially for cannabis users like myself. I am going to combine my Ambien with cannabis tonight to observe and report effects. Paragraph one, how do you feel so far? <laughs> so wait, the first seven bowls were unrelated, or he smoked them and now he's saying this is the same night I'm going to take Ambien? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm I'm feeling good so far. Very succinct. You're right. Like he's really just progressing with every sentence. Yeah. Other other stories <laughs> not like that. They would <laughs> not meandering at all. They would explain to you all the snack food they had um, between all of this. No. So this is a note paragraph. It's not part of the story. No, I haven't eaten for several hours, and what I ate was small. I have lost my appetite because I have a small chest cold, so I'm a little burnt out, hungry, sick. I wonder if the high will be stronger? Question mark. I have never tried Ambien before. Okay, so now he starts with his uh, log. 12.38 a.m. Uh, oh, so he's starting this past midnight. 12.38 a.m. Okay. The craziest part of this story. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm 25 now. That just caught me off guard. I was like... <laughs> uh, one 10 milligram dose of Ambien taken orally. 12.41. Ooh, so only three minutes later. Accidentally hit my head on the ceiling fan. The ambient hasn't even begun. The ambient hasn't even begun working, and already I'm acting loopy. Ha ha. Oh man. <laughs> on a, wait, on a ceiling fan? Yeah. What the fuck? Twelve fifty one a.m. The sensation of a human presence in the room is hard to shake, but I am completely alone in my room. At one o'clock, I will go outside and smoke a bowl of cannabis. This is becoming very creepy pasta. I like this. Twelve fifty nine a.m. The eight minutes to this moment seem to go by fast and slow at the same time. Ellipses. Strange. I feel intense euphoria, and I'm having a little difficulty with short-term memory. It's not that I can't remember five minutes ago. It's that I can't really... It's that I don't really care, and my brain doesn't seem to want to process it. I like how in the earlier uh, statement, he said cannabis, which like felt very like technical. Paul, what's your favorite marijuana nickname? Sloppy Toppy. Sticky Icky? Is that what you're going <laughs> I just thought it'd be funny to say blowjob word. I don't know. I don't I don't have a favorite. Uh, I'm going to go with Devil's Lettuce. Mm, that is cute. That's funny. It'd be kind of cringy to say in real life. Oh, for sure. 1 a.m. Proceeding to the porch to smoke a bowl. 1.13 a.m. Feeling fantastic. I was hoping it was going to be 1.13. Finally made it to the porch. <laughs> That'd be awesome. 1.13 a.m. Feeling fantastic. Cannabis and ambient are a perfect mix. I recommend it to any fan of psychedelics or downers. Um, I believe him. The fact that he's being so diligent in his note-taking, too, I think is admirable. A lot of people are. I think it's part of why so many people write such long stories. is because they give you, like, a minute-by-minute breakdown. Mm -hmm. uh, do you appreciate this as somebody who works in, like, the scientific field, and especially in, like, the, like, natural sci sciences, where it's, like, you know, reading, like, Darwin's logs and stuff it can be kind of, like, a fun experience with mm -hmm. their, like, diligent note-taking and stuff? Yeah, honestly, he his field book's more organized than mine is. <laughs> 
1.22 a.m. The drowsy effect is quickly kicking in. I have had a long and really annoying day, but I am euphoric from the ambient high, and I'm kind of drifting into a wonderland. While outside smoking the bowl of cannabis, a large refrigerator we had outside turned on. It seemed louder than before, and when I looked at the fridge, it didn't register at the same old fridge. I always see it on the porch. It seemed unfamiliar, or maybe just more elaborately detailed. Everything exposed to a lot of light seems to have warped depths to it. Wild. 1.25 a.m. I'm drifting do, between drowsiness. Do any of these experiences mention, like, their dog coming up and saying they don't like them when they're like this? <laughs> My friend is melting into her couch. <laughs> um, this one is just interesting because it's only three minutes after the last one. 1.25 a.m. I'm drifting between drowsiness and excitable euphoria. At one instance, I want to go outside and smoke a cigarette and walk around my backyard. The next, I find myself heading for bed to pass out. I think I will explore the high before laying in bed. I feel heavy, and if I lay down, I probably won't even stand up to finish this experience. Big jump in time to 2.11 a.m. This is an hour where he doesn't tell us what he did. <laughs> Paul, uh, for the audience, Paul just made a, uh, a jerking off motion. <laughs> Um, you know what? Honestly, uh, I, I mentioned it earlier. This is a good format for like a creepypasta type thing. It's, it's a good like I'm very anxious about what's going to happen next. Oh, the last one is short and it's the last one. So who boy Two eleven a.m. I got a little creative and did some music and had a few online conversations. I think I'll go to bed before I pass out at my keyboard. The end. <laughs> no, very tame night, actually. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, this one was a male. Uh, he posted this in 2006. It has 127 views, and he did not give his age, but it sounded like he was young and still living with his parents. Body weight, 156 LB. If you wanted it to be a scary story, I think 211, it should have ended with the last log being getting in the car to go get some snacks. <laughs> Gonna drive around a bit. <laughs> Another thing I noticed while finding these is Arrowhead uh, will put a little warning if somebody drives in the story. They'll mm -hmm. have a little warning at the top not to drive. And then also if uh, it's an opioid, they'll put a little warning at the top and say, don't just try to copy their dosage. They might be experienced. Uh, their dosage could kill you. Oh, that's that's good. That's good uh, curation by Arrowhead. All right. Story number two. This one was posted um, 2015 by a male uh, who was 25 years old at the time of posting. This person did 750 milligrams of DXM orally and smoked 300 Wait, milligrams. Is that the, of... uh, like the anti mucus medication? What is DXM? I'm not really sure. Did they misspell DXM. DMX? Wait, no, that's the rapper. <laughs> DMT. Yeah, yeah. It's a widely available over the counter cough suppressant. Oh, okay. When taken far above its standard medical dosage, it's a strong disassociative used primarily by teens. This person was 25 and doing an over-the-counter cough medicine. I love to that get for him, dude. Like, like he's just like hanging out with me in high school, and we're going to steal triple C's from Target. <laughs> um, and he smoked uh, Hyemia thalicofolia, 300 milligrams. Let me see what that is. I like that they're all using SI units. It's called Sinequuchi. Uh, is the name of this thing he smoked and it's a it's a perennial shrub with small narrow leaves and yellow flowers growing up to 1.5 meters it has been identified as the aztec hallucinogen sinicuichi though the fact is controversial sinicuichi is reported to be an auditory hallucinogen but the effects of h salicofulia salic wait adrian as a like 
somebody who does biology, can you like figure out what that Latin would be? Salicophilia? Not if I'm not looking at it, dude. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Here. <laughs> You're going to make me do... Salic- Salicophilia? H. Salicophilia are not well known. Um, you can leave that I like that, that this guy's yeah. getting into his indigenous roots. Honestly, um, the, the idea of smoking something that mainly affects your auditory system, I'm actually kind of intrigued. I, I might look into this. Um, <laughs> PSA to our uh, audience, don't do drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless it's Kratom. That's for cool people. Um, my friend and I are sitting at our apartment and we're both tri- tripping on DXM. I had ordered some Sinichuia from a familiar vendor. I load a bowl pack-sized dose and take a huge rip. Immediately, my mind is filled with this immense light, as though my body were vaporized and all there was was light. Then everything rematerialized as quickly as it had dissipated. I wouldn't say the experience was particularly profound, but it was quite powerful. I have not tried this substance without dextromethorphan, but the two seem to have a synergistic effect. Was that it? Yeah, that's it. It's cool. I like that they're using uh they're they're using good theory of uh multiple uh stressors or what's what's the word of uh multiplicative effects of additive and synergistic and uh you know antagonistic. Um Yeah, that's a section on Arrowid for uh, for like you can either post like I did this drug or it's a section for combinations, but they it won't be listed under that individual drugs page. Very cool. I hope there's like someone whose profile is doing the factorial design of like, you know, uh, they like like this many drugs. And so they actually set up the number of trials you need to like do each combination. Um, yeah, sounds like that's cool. He had a cool time and I think he's doing cool drugs. I mean, I did not expect to learn about new drugs from this. Oh, dude, so many scrolling through this. I've learned like there's so many drugs I didn't know people were doing. Damn. Um, Paul, should we for the next third segment, should we do the, <laughs> this drug? <laughs> do a review pick the top rated combination on arrowid and do it do you okay so once again i'm I'm gonna go ahead and claim i get one per episode kumail nanjiani's bit about um that new uh drug that kids are taking that he saw on the news that was um cough syrup mixed (laughs) with heroin and he was like i think that's just heroin i think heroin's doing the heavy lifting in that relationship You can't just mix heroin with syrup and say, I have a new drug. <laughs> what? Th- that was our last one. It was a hallucinogenic mix with cough syrup. And it's like, I think the one that made you see the bright light <laughs> is the one that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I just, I, I can't, I can't get the voice right because it's specifically part of the funniness. And I know that's not PC to say is how he says heroin. Uh, I just fucking, yeah, I love that bit. That's like an old Kumail bit. <laughs> um, so the next one is 300 milligrams of codeine taken orally. Okay, this was just the the paragraph that jumped out at me. It's funny about this one. I first purchased it as I wanted to try lean and figured that this was the closest I could get to the real thing. The first time I tried it, I put it in a styrofoam cup with Sprite. I guess he means Sprite. The first time I tried it, I put no, it in a No, he's not able to afford name brand Sprite. Sprite. <laughs> <laughs> I put it in a styrofoam cup with Sprite, thinking I looked really cool. The I traditional classware <laughs> for lean. I love that. <laughs> i know this guy sounds dude so cool what is that hobson music video where he has like the like styrofoam cups like stacked 10 tall the one where he's making fun of mumble rappers it's actually pretty fire yeah 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 god i fucking hate hobson easily his best song (laughs) easily his best song i've been on record um the one where he's trying to make a bad song is the only time he did good yeah okay 
thinking it looked really cool. I did this at a friend's house. Everyone else was drinking alcohol. About 30 minutes after drinking it, I became extremely itchy. I feel like my skin was burning and my face went red. It was extremely unpleasant and very embarrassing. As I guess I was trying to look cool, but ended up making a fool of myself. Damn. Shout out to uh, a mutual friend from high school who also found out he was allergic to hydrocodone in uh, high school. Oh, I didn't even catch that. So he was allergic to it. That's what I assumed. But yeah, it was different for him, though. His allergic reaction is like his uh, parts of his face started to swell up like his ears got really big. The final one is a 160 pound male from the experience was in 2007. And um, they took uh, 210 milligrams of vitamin C in tablet form. So this person posted on their experience on vitamin C in tablet form. This morning I was feeling a little bit sick. Nothing serious, just some coughing and a runny nose. Took one vitamin C pill and now I feel fine. Dope. Dope, dope, dope. I actually take issue with that because I think there's no clinical evidence that vitamin C actually helps with uh, colds. I think it's zinc that only has that has like actually published evidence for, but I like the the mundanity of the post. Um, I will stand against you and say that from personal experience, I believe in the powers of vitamin C to keep you. Um, yeah, it's just a placebo, you little dumb dumb. No, 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 no. <laughs> Certainly no. not. Couldn't be. No. Who me? No. <laughs> vitamin c no 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 and in fact um fuck you dollar in the jar paul <laughs> put a dollar in the jar man it's only gonna take like one episode for me to get a pizza party <laughs> all right big facts no cap adrian yeah, yeah get yeah. out of here before we both say something we'll regret yeah that sounds good uh do you want to mess up first and then have me do the no cap first or what do you want to do for sure my big fact, if you're feeling a little bit sick, like, you know, a little cough coming on, a little runny nose or something, pop a vitamin C pill. It'll, you'll feel better in no time. And my no cap is, you know, if you're going to have different types of glassware for beer, if you're going to have wine glasses in the house, at all times, keep, keep a stack of styrofoam cups in case your guest wants to sip lean. And that's just common courtesy. Holy shit, that's such a good no cap. Damn. Big fact and no cap this week really knocked it out of the park. All right. <laughs> yeah, collectively. Two true facts. Really knocked it out of the park. All right, Paul. All right, Adrian. This was fun. I'll, uh, I'll <laughs> yeah, see you. It really was. See you next week, dog. Bye, buddy. Kicked off my shoes, tripped acid in the rain. Well, my jacket is a cape and my umbrella has a cane. The richest man rocks the snatchless necklace. Spineless bitches in backless dresses. Well, my feelings on my sleeveless. My weed seedless, my trees leafless I miss my diagonal grilled cheeses And back when Mike Jackson was still Jesus Before I believed in not believing in Yeah, I ain't hell, who believed in me not breathing in Cigarette stained smile all covered in sin My big homie died young, just turned older than him I seen it happen, I seen it happen, I see it always He still be screaming, I see his demons in empty hallways I trip to make the fall shorter Fall quarter was just a tall order And I'm hungry, I'm just not that thirsty As of late, all my verses seem not so versy And all my words just mean controversy Took the team up off my back like that's not your jersey Stressing, pulling my hair out, hoping I don't get picked All this medicine in me, hoping I don't get sick Making all of this money, hoping I don't get rich Cause niggas still getting bodied for phones Sometimes the truth don't rhyme Sometimes the lives get millions of views Funerals for little girls, is that appealing to you? 
your cubicle desktop what a beautiful view i think love is beautiful too building forts from broken dams what a hoover could do for future hoopers dead from ruga shooting through the empty alley could have threw him an alley-oop helping them do good in school damn that acid burn when it clean yeah i still miss being a senior and performing at all those open mic events eyes closed eyes closed seeing arenas